Well, good morning, good old sports fans. Glad to see you uh, back on with us. And another full slate. I, I, I feel like I start the, the show off the same way, but it's true. There's always a full slate of sports to talk about. I guess that's good for us because it yeah. keeps us in business. Because it just doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It keeps going. And uh, a lot of it is, this week's been a lot of shocking news. It's been like, not news, but like updates. It's been heavy. Um, so, um, yeah, let's get right into it, man. Oh, also, check out the new, new cut at Christmas. Oh, that is It's handy because you can clip it to your belt. It's like an outside. (laughs) I don't need that mug. Me, I will forget it's on the side of my, side of my hip. Well, I mean, we are talking about the guy who left his wallet in his pants for two weeks. Almost canceled his card. Yeah, well, <sighs> that was also stressful too. That's why wow. I was out of commission because I was like, "What the heck is my wallet? I can't find my wallet." Yeah, you, so you had like a double whammy of things, and you would show up at you know <clears throat> get together in the morning. So I was like, "Okay, this is not." I was worried about. I was more so worried about my license than I was my my card because I knew like I. Uh, if no money was taken on my card, I can move it to my cash app and I could just use like uh, cash pay or something yeah. like that off my phone. So I wasn't worried about that. I was more so worried about my license because driving around, you never know. With, with no license. Yeah. Man. So I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> so that's why I was more concerned about. But no, I've. Uh, well, it's been found. Yeah. Located it, safely. I, I got it and uh, everything's still there. There's not another Adrian Herndon running around. Yes. That's the best part. Man, I ain't got to worry about that. I don't know who would want to be me, but not saying I'm a born person, but You're I don't know. I was. I mean, like, I guess it'd be pretty cool. I guess it'd be cover sports. Yeah, I guess it'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool. Starting your own business. Yeah. Okay, but 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 see, I can be. What's the saying? You can be. Uh, it's something. Something would never duplicate it. Can't even think of the word. Oh, uh, replicate but never duplicated. Yeah, something like something that. Something like that. Well, anyway, that's how we start the show yeah. off today. Anyway, if if you hear this and you remember the saying, tell us. Yeah. It, 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 now it's, you got me thinking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's a lot going on in the sports world as the NBA, as we have uh, talked about, has reached crunch time. Uh, these are the final months, man, leading up to uh, playoff time. So playoffs, yeah. You want to every time I hear that word, I can't get that out of my head. <laughs> like you know, the, the old playoffs. Grand playoffs. What do you mean playoffs? playoffs? We're trying to win a game in September. Playoffs? <laughs> Talking about the playoffs. <laughs> but yeah, you. I mean, you want to win games. You want to make sure that you know you stay in. Uh, you stay above the line. You don't get below it. I know. You know, we've talked about the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, holding that 13th spot for the majority of the season. Well, they held it for another night because they didn't play. Yeah, and so I, I believe until playoff time they'll be holding it. If somehow by any chance they hit, they get the number 12 spot, and they don't have to play to do the, uh, play the play-in game. But as of right now, they're gonna do. They're gonna have to play the play-in game in order to get into uh, the playoffs. But that's just one of the things that you know that's happening there. Right there, sitting on that line, you know. Uh, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll go below it. I don't see nobody catching them 
even at that 13th yeah, spot. Like they, they, they're aided by a bad conference. Yeah. At the bottom half. Like, that's a yeah. bad conference. Yeah, the bottom half. Well, not even the bottom half, the bottom three, which is them, the the somebody else in the Rockets. Like, uh, yeah. And those, the, 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 the two below them is not going to catch them. <clears throat> but... Yeah, it's the, it's the time where you want to win. It's the time that you you know you want to make sure you stay uh, more than just above water to get into the playoffs. Yeah, Spurs, Spurs. I figured it was the Spurs. Yeah, and then below that, uh, let's it's see. the Rockets, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so they just beat the Spurs. Uh, they beat the Rockets uh, a couple of nights before, so. They beat the two teams below them. I, I don't. I don't see anybody catching them at that spot. But you want. But you want to win. You want to keep winning as much as you can. They're only a half game out of that twelve spot. With yeah. Trailblazers. Yeah, we'll see. Well, then they beat the Trailblazers the, the night, a couple of nights too. And uh, then they're well. So the Trailblazers and the Thunder are tied right now in that conference. So that's that eleven and twelve spot. So you yes. could actually. But do you really want to? Because then you're just gonna get spanked. But but that's that's another thing is uh, seeding and you know yeah you you want to be if they get that last spot they're gonna be playing uh, the Nuggets right yeah, good luck I think they could beat the Nuggets not Nuggets I'm be I be <laughs> I think they could beat the I said the Nuggets the heck is the Nuggets they might can beat them one game but I don't. Th- the the problem is as they are constructed, I I stand by what I said yesterday. I do not think that the Lakers can win a five game se- series, much less a seven game series. Like I, I mean, I, I think they it. have a good. I think they'll give them a run for their money. Now only, they, only if you sit LeBron for two games mm, and let everybody else play. No, no, I think they. I think they have a chance. I think they could beat them. They beat them before, but uh, I, I I don't know. But like I said, you want to stay, you want to stay in a position to where you're not for seeding, and where you're not just scraping to get in. And right now, the Lakers aren't scraping to get in. But can I just point out, the Lakers didn't even play last time. No, we're and they, talking and, about and we're still talking about. Like that's how, that's how powerful the Lakers are. But you know who did play last night is Brooklyn. Yeah. So uh, the Nets fall one thirty to one hundred and twenty two last night. Oh. Uh, they they lose their ball game. Ben Simmons uh, left with knee soreness. So by the third quarter of the ball game, he comes out. Health's been an issue with him in the past. So is this where it falls apart for Ben Simmons, or is it you know if if you're the the uh, Nets right now, you need him. I mean, not not since he's not putting up a bunch of points, but he's that presence on the court. You're talking about maybe you know shopping Seth Curry, which that might put that on hold a little bit. Uh, but we'll see. But you got to keep treading, stay above water. Yeah. Uh, uh, as long as Kevin Durant's out, I don't think it'll be. A, I, I think you know you just rest him for a couple of nights. Uh, put some ice on it. <laughs> yeah, they were they were open to have you know up yeah. more updates today. Uh, but rest him for a couple of a few nights and then uh, see you know where it goes then. I think he'll be okay. The fact that it was his knee and not his back. Now, most of the time we go, you know, if it's a knee injury, we, we get a little leery. But it was just described as knee soreness, nothing initially seemed too serious about it. Yeah. And then, you know, on top of that, 
uh, it's not his back. Now, if it was Ben Simmons' back, then I'm a little bit more concerned because we know, you know, that's what kept him out in Philadelphia and then yeah. apparently kept him out when he was first traded to Brooklyn. Real or not, that was what was put out there. And so if, if they come out and said, you know, he's dealing with some back tightness or, or some back problems, uh, that would have been more concerning to me than, you know, a knee issue for Ben Simmons, as long as it's nothing, t- you know, structurally wrong with the knee. And, and at that size... You know, that's always something that's in the back of your mind. The back and those knees, you know, how yeah, long can they sustain that? Very, very crucial uh, points for those big guys. Uh, especially because, you know, we've seen it numerous of times that Anthony Davis and Shaq, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Shaq famously had for, those for his issues. Back, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I think he will be fine. I hope he will be fine. You know, just kind of you know sit him for a few games and go from there. But I will say this, you know, about about Brooklyn. This is the only the second game they've lost in their five game uh, stretch without yeah uh, KD, and so a five or six game stretch without KD. So fair, they're doing fairly well. They're not. It's not like you know all hope is lost for them. Uh, they're they're still one of those teams that, like I said yesterday, that are dangerous. That could possibly at any time beat the two teams standing between them and uh, Boston. Uh, and, and Kyrie is a uh, you know still Kyrie. But you know, talking about speaking of Boston, they lost their third straight. They did against the Knicks. The Knicks, the, the New Knicks. York Knicks, and this the isn't Knicks. the seventies people. No, <laughs> this is a, these are the the Knicks. This is Spike Lee's Knicks, y'all. What we talking about Stephen A's Knicks? We're the talking New about New York Knicks. That and ain't that good. That's the, and they beat Boston, and then over and over. Wait, no, mm-hmm. no, yeah, in overtime. It was an overtime, and this is a game where Jason Tatum. Uh, scored, I think he went up. I want to be sure on this. I think he went up with thirty-eight last night. But see, this is what I've talked about. It doesn't matter how many points, because this this is how much stats matter. Your best player can play the best game of his life of his career, and the team could still lose. Stats doesn't yeah, matter. Tatum had thirty-five. Brown had twenty-two. Uh, Grant Williams only had six. Now that's surprising. That that's a problem. No, uh, because he kind of he kind of helped take some of the heat most nights. Horford only had six. I mean, you're down. Your your middle guys were down, but but that's what gets me about this stretch that Boston's been on. Is you know one of the things that we've said about them, and one of the reasons I've kind of been so high on them has been the fact that. You know, you've got a complete basketball team. Yeah. And here lately, you know, over this three-game stretch, uh, three, four-game stretch, even even the game that they won prior to this, before losing the three in a row, it was only by a couple points, and you started seeing some cracks in the armor that, hey, maybe... And, and, and it goes back to what I said, I believe it was on the show Monday. It is hard to stay that dominant over the course of a longer season. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and, the, and to me, that's what is a little bit different about, you know, the NBA and baseball as compared to the NFL. And the NFL is 17 games. It's a sprint. I mean, you know, you, you get started, you get after it, you get the one by week, that's it. The NBA and, and, and baseball, they're, they're marathons. 
You know, that you, you've got to pace yourself, you know. And, and we've seen this before, especially in baseball. You know, these teams start out the year, they go on these 10, you know, 11-game winning streaks, and everybody's ready to, hey, that's the team this year. And then they start running out of pitching. And yeah. then the bats go cold. And then, you know, and, and it's on a different basketball. You know, that's a, what, 82-game season. Yeah. Uh, over the stretch of an 82-game season, you know, the, these teams get hot. Well, yeah. And a prime example, the year that everybody started claiming that possibly Golden State may go 82-0, you know, because they started out, what was it, 27-28-0 or whatever. They didn't even win the championship that year. No, they got beat by LeBron. And, 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 the, Celtics, a, and the Cavaliers. Right, and the Cavs. Prime example of you can have these stretches and be the most dominant. And, and to me, they were the better team in that the, that finals. You know, the the hands down overall top to bottom, the Golden State Warriors were the better team. But you go on those stretches and you think, oh, we got it now, and you, and, and you press and you press and you press, thinking we're just gonna go out here every night, blow everybody out, carry on. But it's hard to sustain that energy over the stretch of a season. And then even at that, you do all of that, and then you've still got the playoffs. And that's what happens, and in, in prime example, going back to that Golden State team, that's what happened to them. They recovered from, you know, they finally did lose a game, but they still only lost, I think, what was it, 10 games that year, or whatever the case was. Nine. Uh, yeah, nine games. So then they get to the playoffs, and they're just out of gas. Because it's hard to go in, nine in and nine out, even with, you know, you got these, Nights in the NBA where you get a night off and then you come back and play, but but you're still playing you know three four times a week, and, and trying to stay at that energy level is tough, right? You know, and I think that that's why. Well, and on top of that, you know, traveling here and there, flights and all that that plays a toll on it as right. Your body it's as not well. just as simple as we're going to go show up and go play basketball. There are things that play into it, and then you're still practicing even on your off days. You're still, you know, trying to keep your body fresh, trying to do things. I mean, yeah. it, it's a grind, and I think sometimes with these teams that that are so dominant, you know, and and they they just go out there and they make it look so easy, we forget the process of being that kind of a a team. You know, basketball, right. baseball, football, whatever the case is, we forget about the process. Right. But you know, with them, you with, with Boston, this is why it's so important uh, for the middle. I won't say the middle guys. So I just we'll just call them the middle guys for the sake of the, the show today. But for the, it's so important for the middle guys to get theirs because, as I said, you know, Jason Tatum has thirty five, and uh, um, who else? Brown. Brown. Oh yeah, Brown 20 had twenty two twenty. But the fact that Grant Williams and Al Horford have kind of been the catalyst. Yeah. You know, they've been averaging about 15, 16 points a game. Yeah, and so you and have they to... they go cold last time. You, you have to have balance. It's like I said, it, it, if your best guy can have the best night of his, your, uh, of his career uh, and the team still lose, that says a lot about the team, not the yeah. guy. Uh, and so you, you have to make sure that the middle guys other than your top two are having good nights as well. You know, that everybody is getting a piece of the pie. Uh, Because if not, then you end up in games like this, you know, where you should beat a team like the Knicks, but you end up in overtime and getting beat. Um, So it's important that, you know, they get theirs. Now, another thing that I want to talk about regarding regarding the Celtics is um, 
we talked about a couple of days ago, uh, you know, the Lakers trading away or possibly if it's championship caliber uh, pieces out there, trading away the 27 and 29 draft pick, right? Yes. Rob Blinkers said he'd be willing to do Yeah. So here's a question. Now, we talked about Jason Tatum. Uh, being a, kind of that guy for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. But who says in the next five years, he, you know, whatever season they may, may be having, they could get him. He can go to he could go to the Lakers. And so, I, so you're saying trade for him now, or are you saying after the season? I would say within the next two to three years. Yeah, there's no way Boston's part with him now, because they think yeah, they're going to Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And I say within the next two to three years. I think it depends. Two things. I think number one, it depends on how how long of a window that Boston thinks they have to win a championship with that roster. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, what do you do with LeBron James? Because I, I I don't see where if you keep Russell Westbrook and you keep AD, and let's say by some miracle they keep Pat Bev, you mm-hmm. know that you would add Jason Tam to the mix and still have LeBron. Well, that's why I say, it's a possibility, but here's why. It's because I said, I've, I've said this for the last couple of days, is if LeBron takes a back roll, it'll be possible. Poss, uh, possible. That would be, yeah, okay, yeah. If, but, if LeBron came in tomorrow and said, okay, I don't care about the stats, I don't care about the records, I'm willing to just take, you know, some time, some minutes off, you go get... Your next piece, you know, your next championship yeah. caliber piece. But I, I but think, it, but he would have to do that. And yeah, I, I mean, we don't see that. But I, I've said this: if um, he if he has or when he gets, if he, when he gets this number one spot, you know, he I believe that because nobody's catching him at this point, not in today's league. No, no, uh, and it's gonna be a while before they do, but. If he gets that number one spot, I think, it, I mean, possibly it could be, you know, he'll say, you know what, I've, you know, take a step back. Yeah. I, I think it'll, I've, I've been saying it'll be helpful for them, uh, but I'm just saying, you know, Jason Tatum could be a possibility to the Lakers. Um, I don't see it being too far-fetched within the next two or three years, depending on where Boston is as a team and as an organization. Uh but him to the Lakers could be a very good possibility. Yeah, I mean he's the I kind mean, of piece yeah. that traditionally we we've seen moved. Yeah, you know, to LA either in a trade or or. I just want to. I just wanted to kind of put that out there, let it float. You know, hypothetically speaking, you know, he could be just one of those guys for the Lakers. We'll, we'll revisit it in two or three yeah. years and say, hey, were we right? I, I mean, he was trained by the Mamba, the Black Mamba. You so. And I think that's the other thing too. Yeah, that you know, you bring that up. You have all these guys that Kobe, you know, worked with uh, post retirement, and hardly any of them play for the Lakers. None of them play for the Lakers. Matter of fact, it's it's, and that's the crazy. I'm glad you. Yeah, I guess you said all of them are gone now. Yeah, yeah. You go down the list. Um, not that they're gone. They never played for the Lakers. Kobe, I, th- I thought there was one or two of them that did. When he played for the Lakers, when Kobe okay, was still playing, yeah. you know, he practiced and everything, yeah. you know. Um, he, uh, and I, I say this today, is uh, Jordan Clarkson's game is probably contrib- 
contributed to Kobe because Kobe told him stop going to the hole like a light skin <laughs> when he played with the Lakers. But Kobe trained those guys up. You know, he made them tough, you know, defensively. Uh, play, made them play defense. You know, you're going to have to guard me. Yeah. Uh, was it yesterday that was a year ago? Yes, yesterday was a year ago. Uh, no, no, three years ago. Three years ago. Well, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It, wow. It, it, three years ago now, yeah. uh, we failed to acknowledge that on the show. We apologize. I, and, and after we get done with this conversation, I want to talk about Kobe Bryant here Yeah. Here for just a second. But, yeah, none of those guys that Kobe trained played with the Lakers. A lot, uh, and these are your all-star players. It was one year, I believe, it was 2020 uh, season, the year that he passed, the all-star game. And they were going down the list, and every almost every guy that were on both both all star te- all star teams, uh, I think besides LeBron and uh, LeBron and maybe I don't even know Chris Paul probably have it, did as well, but uh, and Steph, it was a few guys, but most of them, uh, other than a few guys, had Kobe had trained, and they were saying this is the mark. You know, basically, this is the mark that he left. That the guys that Kobe trained are all-star players. Giannis, uh, Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. uh, Dame Lillard, um, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Trey Young, Devin Booker, Kyrie Irving. The list goes on. and It's a, it's a lot of them. But the list goes on and on. These are guys that Kobe, uh, D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> These are guys that Kobe trained. You know, he he helped he helped teach and mold them the game. So, yeah, man, it's it, it is something that none of those guys play with the Lakers, but they're well, very successful in their own rights at where they're at right now. Yeah, and so that's why I think today I say. You know, uh, Jason Tatum can beat a whole team by himself. That's at, you know, at, yeah, there's times where he takes over the basket. Yeah, and it's game. like you know, you're not stopping. But it. I didn't want to take a minute, you know, just to kind of talk about Kobe Bryant uh, because we did fail to do that on, on the show. It just slipped my mind about what the date was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I remember the day it happened, and and I was sitting outside of a restaurant when I just finished lunch after church, and one of the church members uh, came to me and said, "Hey, did you know Kobe Bryant?" And I said, "Oh no." Kobe Bryant didn't die, and I got on my phone, and sure enough, yeah, Kobe Bryant. I remember it too, because we had just got home from church, and uh, I it was it was a DM in my Instagram message. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Dina, that lives in Cal- uh, yeah. lives in LA, and uh, they had sent to the group uh, group message we were in and said, you know, did y'all hear about Kobe? It's like, what, what about Kobe? Yeah. It was like a helicopter. I was like, what? Okay, and then I went and looked at, you know, Googled it, and it said, you know, Kobe Bryant passes away and, uh, in a helicopter crash. And, you know, his daughter, somebody, one of his family, someone was with him. You know, possibly his daughters were with him. So I was like, okay. I was like, man, no way. Yeah, I thought it was a hoax I did, it, until, yeah, be, until ESPN came across and said no. Yeah, and... and that and then the footage of it, and yeah. I was like, oh, "I like this can't be." Yeah, you know, but you know, Kobe was just other than you know the tragic tragedy of his death. Kobe was just one of those players, man. You know, 
left a lasting mark on the game. And, you know, that was, you know, our childhood growing up. We watched Kobe at his prime. Every know. kid that's ever shot a wad of paper in the trash can from our generation yelled Kobe. Kobe, Like, like yeah. that's what you did. You yelled Kobe. Yelled. But that's what, that's what, that's the mark that he left on a generation, on a game, and on a, uh, on our generation is, you know, he, he, he went out of the game. I mean, who, who goes out the last game at 40 years old uh, on a 60-pointer? Yeah. Who does that? That's how he ended his career. <laughs> but but he did things, and this is why, you know, I think it's disrespectful when LeBron tries to compare himself to Kobe Bryant at times. Because Kobe did things that we'll never see again. Right. LeBron doesn't do that. Like, you watch LeBron, you go, that's a good basketball player, borderline great basketball player. But there will be somebody who plays that way again, who, who you know, is physical and, and can take over a game. And we, We'll see that. We, we see it right now. I mean, there's already guys in the NBA that are doing basically the exact same thing. Kobe was different. Kobe did things on a nightly basis that you thought, we may never see somebody do that. Yeah. Not, not at that level. You know, not for that sustained period of time. I think, you know, we don't give Kobe... You know, Kobe's remembered for the on-the-court, you know, uh, tenacity, his ability to shoot, his, you know, just overall basketball abilities. But what a lot of people forget about him or, or overlook with him was his process. Yeah, that man uh-huh. was brutally uh, consistent in his process. His number one goal was, I'm going to be the best basketball player in the world, and I'm going to prepare every day so that you can't stop me. Yeah. And and Nick Saban uh, has been, you know, talked about Kobe. He knew Kobe a little bit, and he said, you know, one of the things that I respected so much about Kobe was his his willingness to stick to and be committed to the process of, of what it took to be the best athlete you know, on the court and in the game, and, and just his commitment to greatness. Yeah, you know, it was he wasn't satisfied with anything other than greatness, and so you you knew that, and and you watched him, and you thought there's probably not another Kobe Bryant, like the only guy that we ever really heard of that was that committed to it. I mean, you know, Magic Johnson was great, but his processes weren't detailed. Uh, Larry Bird, same way. You know, he's a great basketball player, but we didn't know a lot about his processes as far as... The, the only guy that came close was Michael Jordan. Yeah. It was Michael, and then it was Kobe as far as their commitment to greatness and their willingness to be, you know, so committed. And, you know, they, they looked up to, you know, Kobe looked up well, to Michael and, and, and learned from it. It was a point where I remember them saying, you know, having them on the court was like, Michael's. it was Michael. He said playing against Kobe was like, Playing in the like in the mirror, yeah. It's like you know playing against himself because Kobe mimicked everything Michael did. Yeah, uh, his his play, his moves, and everything. And so it was like it was like it was like looking in the mirror, you know. But and it passed the baton because yeah. he came on the scene just as Michael, you know, was in the twilight mm-hmm. years, and and he wasn't the Michael Jordan that we had seen before, but he was still there. Yeah. You know, and and so he's fading off the scene and here comes Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And you didn't get that feeling with LeBron. LeBron didn't come yeah, on the it wasn't, scene. Yeah, it, it wasn't yeah. It wasn't a passing of the torch, you know. No, but with Michael it was from Michael to Kobe and then it just felt like after Kobe there was nobody that was going to be yeah. to that level. 
that that mm-hmm. we had seen the last of somebody well, the, with that level. The the funniest thing is, you know, Kobe had uh, five, four or five girls. They were all girls. Yeah. Uh, rest other than uh, with Gigi, you know, rest in peace, Gigi as well. His daughter who passed away in the crash with him, but. That I remember interview them doing the, him doing the interview and they asked him you know uh, do you want to have a boy you know do you look forward to having any kind of a boy soon and he was like no he's like I'm good you know with with the girls that I have and the crazy thing is is and the sad part about it is you know we say there would never be another Kobe Bryant but if you ever watched his daughter if you ever watched Gigi play if you ever watched her highlights. She played exactly yeah. like he did. And at the age of 14, she had top schools looking at her mm-hmm. already. Uh, Connecticut was the main one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we talk about Kobe Bryant in the sense of there will never be another guy player. But his daughter, man, she was just as much of a menace as he was on the court. And she was as committed to the process yeah. of being a great player. I mean, and she was the one that was always with him, of course. Uh I mean, that was at the games and, you know, with them and everything. Uh, and so, it, it's, it's it's sad, but at the same time, we can, you know, remember uh, the, the legacy and the mark he left on the game um, through the players that he trained and, you know, uh, the things he did with the Lakers. I mean, man, like you said, it'll never, there's never be another, even with the Lakers, I, I the closest I believe it gets, and this is why I brought up Jason Tatum. It's the closest I think he's the closest as it gets in this day and age. Uh, but um, as far as watching those games, man, and things that Kobe did on the court, uh, like it'll never, it'll never be be the same. Even with LeBron James, and you know, I, I believe LeBron James at that time was the only one that could, uh, you know, at the time could lead the Lakers to. A championship, and that he did uh, with the help of his teammates. But as of right now, you know, it's different. But Kobe off the court and on the court, you know, he was he was committed to the game, uh, committed to his, you know, a family man, you know, business and everything. But you know, he just genu- genuinely honed the game. He did. He, he changed uh, he, the NBA. He, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that we gave him his proper due. Uh, the last game that I did want to make sure that we covered from last night, the Mavs fall to the Suns, uh, 99-95. These Ooh. are games that if you're Dallas, you've got yeah, you to gotta, win. Wow. I, I know. That was a defensive game. It didn't even get to the hundreds. No. That's a defensive game. Uh, I, I guess I would somewhat give the, the Mavs a benefit of the doubt, I guess you could say, because it's the Suns. Uh, the Suns are still a very good team. They, they the Suns have hung in the periphery. Yeah, they they've they, hung around. Yeah, but I'm 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 with you. You know, I I give them a bit of a benefit of the doubt, but I'm with you. Those are games you just have to win. I mean, even though you lost by four, you still you still got to find a way to win because it's not helping your case. You right. know, when we talk about, you know, Luca needs help, you know, get Lucas some now, help. Now, he did have to leave that game early, you know, three minutes in with an ankle injury. Not sure exactly how oh, bad wow. it so, is. So, he, he didn't get to play uh, for the large part. But but still, that's a game you got to win. You're, yeah, you're you, right you, there. Even without Luca. you, you got to win. You have to get that win, you know. 
and this is what I've I've said. You know, is a win is a win, I, regardless how ugly it is. You got to get it. Yeah. You, you just got to get it. Um, and for the Ma- Mavericks, if you're gonna if they're gonna continue to be a top team, they have to get those kind of wins. Uh, they, those kind of games, you have to your guys. Now, you know, even with Luca being out, you have to step up. You know, yeah, because a win is a win is a win. Yeah, but I, the the West Coast is so it's 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 so compacted that it doesn't matter uh, if they lose this game and they lose the next one. So their their team their position can be taken. Uh, yeah, the Western spot. Conference, everybody, everybody's within a game or two of each other. Yeah, you know, and so this point. is why they have they want to stay good seating in a good spot. They have to keep winning. And this is a team that missed the playoffs. Yeah, you know, last year, and yeah. you just—I I know I harp on it—you can't afford this. No, if not as, the, if you're the Mavericks, you can't afford this. And this is is bad because the Mavericks have always been known as a good team. And they all—they've always been good, but they always have fallen short of reaching that mark. And I think it's because I, I, poor, poor management for one, poor trading, poor drafting. Well, not poor drafting. You have done good in drafting, but, but you but traded the, those pieces off. Yeah, you, you traded key players uh, that were kind of cogs in the wheel off at various times for seemingly no reason, and you didn't—you didn't bring anybody. My, my big thing is if you get rid of a guy, and this is my deal with Jerry Jones. If you let somebody walk or you trade them away, you better bring in somebody who kind of fills that void. Yeah, or and better. And the Mavericks haven't done that. No. And so it's been years. For the last two, three years, they've lost the trade market. They've lost. You know, when you ask the question who won that trade, it hasn't been the Mavericks. Because they made some big trades, but they've lost. Uh, <laughs> and they've just given up some big pieces. But if you're the Mavericks, I mean, you have to, I mean, Mark Q. Cuban, you have to do something. I mean, got well, you, like I say, you know, you can't, coach, you can't waste Luca's career. Yeah, you got to. But uh, they should play s- Sunday. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what they will do Sunday. Hopefully, they'll get a win. We'll see what Luca's ankle, you know, looks like. If it, if he's gonna be yeah. able to play, that's gonna be a big, big key. You know, as far as, you know, if he's off the court, that changes everything if you're Dallas. Yep. Uh, which is another reason that not only do you build around these players, you know, for the sake of when they're on the court helping them out, but you got to build so that when they're not on the court, you can still win basketball games. Right, you still have confidence in your team. Uh, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., he's a great shooter, but then what do you have after that? You know, Spencer Dinwiddie has not put up a ton of points this season. Uh, you, you, you just don't have... Some some key pieces right now uh, that are required I'm, to keep that. I'm, so, I'm sorry. This is the comical side. Dimwitty. That name sounds like one of those names that you know, the, like them little cartoon TV shows. Oh yeah, like <laughs> tittle uh, twiddle thumbs and twiddly yeah. dumb and yeah. Dimwitty. Dimwitty. What are you up to, Dimwitty? <laughs> you know you got picked on in school. like Dimwitty. Dimwitty. Can you imagine? And then, but like he was an athlete. Yeah. Like you know, that's that's generally like the dim-wit. kind of kid that we get picked on in school. But he was actually an athlete. Yeah, they, they used to call people like you dimwit. I think it's a dimwit. But his name is Dimwitty. Witty. That's weird, but it's funny. It's it's comical at the same time. But yeah, I just had to add. I just had to say that. Like, I've always like what was it? Did they call him? Well, you know, Spencer. So Spence Dim. You know, like Dimwit. 
Dimwit, you know, like Dimwit Spence. What would you? I don't know. Th- these Witty. names, like there's some <laughs> people, and I know that you inherit your last name, right? But like at some point, this isn't you know the the Vikings age. Let's, Man, I'm start. It, it's funny because you you go up north and the names get weirder and weirder. The yeah, because you know they they're still tied to like the homeland. You know? Yeah, like and, and so they keep those names. But that's what I'm saying. Like I, we we just accept these last names because well, that's your last name. You don't get to choose. Just okay. You need to have a family meeting. Sign a petition. So we love Grandma and Grandpa. But you know what? We're gonna go file. <laughs> we love Grandma the, and Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go file to legally change the family's last name and show that there's still a connection there. Yeah. But we just don't want to saddle our children's children. With that last name, well, it's, a, it's because of you know it's Dutch, uh, German, and all that stuff up north. So you get those weird. Did you get names. those young kids? I'm a dimwitty. Like <laughs> that's pride. In being a okay, <laughs> but that's your family seal. Yeah, but your family seals are dimwitty. Yeah, I don't know. I guess down here in the south, it's more the last names are more common because of. Uh, Slavery and just, I don't know. Well, what. like, you don't get a lot of weird last names down here. Yeah. Well, you have to twist and tie your tongue just to complete it. It's... Yeah, no. <laughs> no, man, just... It doesn't happen. No. It rolls off the tongue down here in the South, man. Just simple. And then those players get drafted or traded down here, and we're like, why? <laughs> just change your name. Yeah. Uh, be, be one of us. <laughs> be one of us. <laughs> be one of us. Like, it should be a requirement. You get traded south of Mason Dixon, you got to be one of them. Yeah. Although I don't know what Dim Witty would have to change his name to. Dim? You get shortened it to Dim. No, you. I, I, I would say you just drop that all together. You just become like Spencer Jones or whatever. <laughs> Do you know how many Spencer thing? Jones are? <laughs> Spencer. But this was it. Like, you just pick something that goes with Spencer. Spencer Robinson. Okay. Let's see. That's That'd be one. all right. Yeah. You know, Spencer Presley. You know, like, yeah. Take on Elvis's name. Yeah. <laughs> call them up. I don't, I don't know. But you say call him up? Yeah. Elvis is dead. You know, as far as... Oh. And Elvis is not dead. As far as we know. Elvis lives in Arkansas. But anyway. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't come after us, government. We didn't mean that. See, this is what makes this show fun, too. Yeah. We interject like, conversations like this in our yeah. sports. Y'all think Elvis is dead? We've been to his house. <laughs> we have. And, and through it. So, Went other than the upstairs, house. they wouldn't let us go upstairs because Elvis had a tradition where he didn't like allow other than immediate family upstairs. He didn't allow anybody upstairs, so we didn't get to go upstairs. But we've been through his basement, his garage, and everything else. All the rooms in the home? Yeah. On and, his plane? On his planes, but we never went upstairs. We couldn't go upstairs. Imagine that. A lot of rumors. Yep. Rumors fly. But anyways, let's 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 let move along here. Uh, into That's my job to get the show back. Okay, well, what well, I'm just saying. Well, we, in the comments, you watch the video. Let us know if you think Elvis is dead or alive. I I kind of have a back and forth theory of it. I just need some proof. I believe he's alive, but I don't think the issue has been pressed enough to get this so-called person to admit 
or, or, he, or, or either or, sweat to make yeah, him sweat. Yeah, because all he's had to do is get say, "Oh, I'm not him." Okay. <laughs> Nobody has asked him. Uh, let me see. A, do you have a baby? Like, I don't get it. How do you pastor a church, and you know they have they have uh, pastor you know uh, pastoral month and everything. Yeah. Like, hey man, we need a baby picture. You know, we're trying to. We, we want to put something together for the pastor. We're going to no. need a baby picture. And you know how baby picture? <laughs> yeah, something is, something's up. That, that's why I believe they haven't made, they haven't made this guy sweat. They just asked him and he said, no, I'm not. Yeah, you know, nobody's okay. pressed the issue with him. Yeah. But you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one thing before we, because we're going into the NFL. A lot of NFL news. But the NFL just dominates sports. Like it's, a, it's the dark cloud that hangs over everything else. It has been these last two But you years, think about it, the playoffs are still going, and we talk more about the things that about the teams that aren't in the playoffs the than teams, the teams that are. We're going to break it down here. It's like the teams over that. The teams that are in the playoffs over in the corners, like. <laughs> did We're winning. Forget, like, why like, did y'all forget playing? about us? But the, you think about it. So the playoffs get over with, and then by the time the playoffs are over with. We're getting ready for the draft. the draft, and then you start getting into free agency, mm-hmm. and then you start. I mean, it, it's a never-ending cycle with the NFL. But, That's why I say that they did the best PR, you know, marketing of any of the professional sports. Yep, because they continue like they stay in the headline. Yeah, because when the NBA ends, when the finals are over, and you got a winner, that's it. You're well. You, you talk about free agency, and then after that, it's kind of a dead period. Baseball is the same way. You have the big push for free agency in the winter, and then, like, at this point, it's just kind of a dead period until we pick up for spring training and, and start going. But the NFL feeds itself. Like, yeah. it, it constantly, you know, feeds the machine. But I, I did want to... So, last night was Thursday night. You know, this is, what, the second week that we had Thursday night football. Has anybody missed not having Thursday night football? No. Because like it was it, trash. I mean, like, did it create a void in your TV watching schedule? I barely watched them. I kept up with them, but there was it was the games were so horrible that it was. You don't sit through games like that because it's frustrating for one, and then yeah, it's the boring. The marquee teams weren't matched up. Yeah, on the only the only one I watched was the Cowboys versus versus the Titans. Well, that was, good. Oh, it was the Cowboys. Yeah, but okay, that wasn't the only one. I watched others, but they were boring. That was the most interesting one I watched. The better one I watched. Well, you know, you had one. the season opener. Now we got to give that one. You know, everybody watched that because well, it's the season opener yeah. with, between the Rams and uh, you know the Bills. Why can't we but, do the season? Op- why can't they do the season over on Sunday? Well, because you want a standalone game. Ah, but do it on Monday night. Dude. That that would be my thing. It started on a Monday. Yeah, and, and then lead up, alone, lead up to a Sunday. And lead up to a Sunday. Don't play a Thursday game that week. Yeah. You know, let everybody else play on Sunday and then go, then get into your rhythm or whatever. Right. But, play on a Monday. I, yeah, I, I don't miss it. I don't miss it. But the the NFL, you are right. It is dominant. It, it takes care of itself. Uh, interesting, interesting thing is the players are on social media. So, Trayvon Diggs and was it is it Gardner, Gardner no Gardner uh, Johnson. Oh yeah, the Gardner corner John- yeah for the Saul's Eagles. Charles Johnson uh, got uh, 
got into it. Yeah, Tra- I saw that. Trayvon Diggs is taking up for his brother. And so I guess, you know, go, uh, Gardner Johnson jumped in and said something. And then... Which, what kind of a nickname is Sauce, by the way? No, it wasn't Sauce Gardner. It was the corner. I thought his middle area's nickname was Gardner Sauce. No. No, I'm, no Sauce I'm, Gardner. Sauce Gardner. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking He about. plays I'm for getting, the Jets. That's yeah, the rookie. Getting, I got that mixed up. That's right. Hey, I do, too. That's why I was yeah. like Gardner Johnson. Uh, But I guess he, he had some comments to say, and they went at it a few posts. <laughs> uh, It was him, and I think it was another, another, oh, uh, Kelvin Joseph from the Cowboys. They all got into it, and I was like, gosh, First off, the Cowboys don't need to get into anybody else's business. Even well, if that's your brother, focus on guarding your man, Trayvon. Yeah, but... Second off, Stefan put himself in that position. He's the one that got caught on national television yelling at Josh Allen, walked off the field, refused to speak to anybody... Had to be pulled back in by a rookie for a few minutes. Was in the locker room for all of five minutes. Got dressed and left. That's it. Okay. But I, I understand that. But at the same time, you know, it's it wasn't concerning Gardner Johnson. It was a family issue. He's Trayvon's talking about his brother. You stay out of that. I don't care what the issue is. You stay out of it. That's just like. If you know, even though if you think your brother, if Ethan was in the wrong, and you know he's in the wrong, but you make a comment on it, then somebody else comes in trashing him. You don't, you know, I'm I'm not going to allow that. That's our business. You stay out of it. I don't care if it's on social media or not. You stay out of it. Yeah. And so Gardner Johnson should have never done that. Now, Kelvin Joseph hopping in it, was that was, that was uncalled for. But, it really was. Uh, Trayvon Diggs was defending his brother, and so therefore... Uh, I just thought that was interesting. It, it's like Sauce, Sauce Gardner Johnson. I don't keep saying Sauce Gardner Johnson, whatever his name is, uh, needs to be focusing on the game Sunday. The last thing he need to do is be worried about Twitter fingers. Well, but the last thing that Trayvon needs to do is worry about his brother. No, he always going to worry about his brother. That's his brother. Yeah, but I, I'm saying you, you, you I, I, and I agree with your point. Like. You know, if that's your brother, you don't want anybody else getting involved. You, you're going to say your peace. But you got other problems in Dallas. Focus on that. Yeah, but that ain't got nothing to do with him. Well, it does. He needs to work on his defense. He can't cover his man. He no, he can ball. cover his man. He can cover his man when he wants to. When he wants to. Yeah. But I'm saying but consistently. He that ain't, but that ain't, like, who has the more important thing to worry about right now out of the two? Oh, it's certainly. Exactly, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. The... Trayvon, right now, they're in a waiting period. That's it. But the Eagles got to get ready to pay, play. Last thing you need to worry about somebody else's family family matters. Family issues. Yeah, they're getting involved in their little hat. Film you got to you got to try and cover George Kittle and and, and Debo Samuels and all them guys. Worry Man, about that. that. Yeah, worry about that. Speaking of Dallas. So, a lot happened concerning the Cowboys. Dan Quinn told everybody he's coming back. He's staying. He, for the second year in a row, went through the processes, got all the interviews, went through two rounds of interviews, was considered the favorite for the Denver job, and then uh, came out yesterday and informed all the teams I'm staying in Dallas. So, I reached out to uh, our source on this and was told 
I figure that might happen. I think Jerry probably gave him another raise and may even be considering firing McCarthy and or uh, letting McCarthy have one more year and then bringing in Dan Quinn as the head coach. That's a possibility. Uh, I will say this, though, or ask this. Does anybody know what the heck Dan Quinn makes? Not now, because he got that raise last year. Gosh. And now if he got another raise, How much you're is assuming he making? that there's got to be some sort of money involved here. Yeah, but Dan Quinn, you know, we, you know, finding out he was saying, you know, we, we, we blew balloons and hooray. Yeah, but, but it, this is what I said to, to him yesterday, you know, as we were texting back and forth. I said, well, I really thought, because I talked about this, I, I think it was yesterday day before. Eventually, people quit calling. Yeah. And if you're Dan Quinn, that's the road you're headed down, where you're not going to get the interviews. Yeah, I mean, like, your you're, best chance was Denver, because yeah. they won you last year. You pulled out, so they went with the Nathaniel Hackett, and it just seemed like, you know, the the thing to do would be you go take that job because they want you anyways. Doesn't look like Sean well, going there, so they want the, you. The thing is, is where because he keeps saying, you know, he said last year, you know, he has something in Dallas, especially he wants to keep, he wants to continue building on it. I think he sees something in that defense, and that he's shaping and he's molding it. Uh, especially, I think Dallas defense now. Even though you know he coached the Legion of of, of Boom over in Seattle, uh, he he's responsible for that defense. He did that, but but this Dallas defense is 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 younger. Uh, it's more flexible, so you have to you have to think he sees something like we we for sure can win with this defense. But my biggest concern is. You know, it's not Dan Quinn. It's great that Dan Quinn is staying because it's great for that defense. You don't have to worry about changing up uh, too much. Now, you do have to worry about uh, schemes, you know, in your linebacker core because you're losing George Edwards. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about uh, that here in a minute. But I want to talk about uh, the counterpart of that defensive coordinator side, the offensive coordinator. Now, Mike McCarthy evaluated Kellen Moore and said it's not likely that you know, it's not likely that he'll be returning. Yeah, yeah, he didn't give him a full vote of confidence. He wouldn't yeah. say your name. He just said, you know, we're going to evaluate him like we have everybody else. Right. And that's enough. So, Kellen Moore's now not going to get a head job because he had me interviewed for the, the openings that are left. Frank Wright went to Carolina. We'll talk about that in a second. So, you're Dallas or bust. Like, it's either you're, you've got a job in Dallas or you don't have a job. Yeah. Now, maybe he could go be a quarterback's coach or an offensive coordinator somewhere else. But right now, your your best bet at, at coaching so, in the NFL yeah. is to stay in Dallas. But McCarthy didn't come out and say he's our guy next season. Yeah, and even if he's not, who would call the plays? That was and I asked him, and you know, he said the text I got back was, "Well, that would be an interesting thing to." Watch. I think McCarthy's calling the plays. Uh, I think they have an offensive coordinator, of course. You know, you, if Jerry lets him, but yeah, you know, we we've been told that Jerry doesn't trust McCarthy to call the plays. Yeah, but I don't know who they'll get. I I mean, they did bring in that guy this season uh, from Seattle to help. He got fired, though. Oh, well, he got fired. Well, then he ain't going to be the offensive coordinator. I don't know. But if if it's not Dallas, this is an issue that I have if I'm Dan Quinn is if Kellen Moore stays, will anything change on how he runs his offense? 
Because I can't keep putting my defense in the position for a third season straight to keep the team in games and then Keller Moore's offense doesn't go out and capitalize off you, of it. You held the 49ers and Brock Purdy to 19 points and didn't win the ball game. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It is. Like, if I'm Dan Quinn, I'm livid about that. Yeah. And that's why I'm I, I'm I'm thinking he's saying there's no set, there's no real confidence in Kellen Moore coming back. But I'm with you. If you don't go to Dallas, man, you either you're bust in the NFL. You may get caught. You know, you might come on as a a quarterback coach, but the offense coordinator. Those positions are filled. Yeah. Other than that, you on to college, my guy. Which I believe that's where Kellen Moore belongs, anyways. Is in, in a, at a college. But but he couldn't even get a college job. You know, he interviewed for the USC job. He was mentioned for the Stanford job. He didn't even get a college job. Yeah. I, I, but but this is the thing that it, it's marked the Cowboys. And I, and I think it's time because you have a new coach there. You get these guys who play under Jason Garrett out of there and who coached under Jason Garrett. You got it. You got rid of uh, Marinelli. You got rid of Scott Linehan. Why didn't you should have got rid of Kellen Moore? Because he's under that same mentality. And it's showing. It's shown. That's why they say you, the Cowboys' playbook is too predictable. Yeah. You know what they're going to do. There, there was a, a high level of unearned confidence in Kellen Moore. Yeah. And he's done nothing to earn that. And that's why I didn't have a problem with the fact that McCarthy didn't fully endorse him. Because if I'm Mike McCarthy, you know, I'm looking at you going, you've almost cost me my job. Yeah. Like, you're the problem. It's not this guy. I want this guy back. I'm glad to have him back. Well, you brought you know? that guy in. You didn't bring Kellen Moore in. Right. You, you know, inherited, inherited Kellen. Yeah. He's like that stepchild that you really don't. But, you know, if I'm going to get married, I'll put up with a kid. Like, yeah. that, that was his thought. But then at some point, and, and it goes back to, here's my issue with Mike McCarthy in Dallas. You didn't bring him in to be a CEO head coach. Like, you can bring him in to be the head coach that just kind of stands there, makes some of the decisions, but isn't involved in the X's and O's and the play calling. Yeah. Because that's not what he was known for. You brought him in to be directly involved, to make his mark yeah. on the football team. You know, and, and Jer- you know, supposedly Jerry keeps saying that, you know, I want you here as long as Tom Landry was here. Uh, okay, whatever. We'll see if that's true or not. But Tom Landry made his mark on the on the Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy has not made his imprint on this franchise. But you know the difference there? When did Jerry get into the Cowboys? When did he buy the Cowboys? Uh, the late eight, he he fired Tom Landry. Exactly. Now, Tom Landry had uh, the beginning of Alzheimer's. Like, granted, he... But Tom Landry was there way before Jerry Jones. Oh, yeah. He so how can he say something like that? You didn't even... See that's the BS. It's because you weren't you, you weren't in ownership when he was the majority of the time he was the, the coach. Yeah, when he won the Super Bowl. So you weren't there. So I, I want you here longer as long as like he like he was there the whole time. No, Jerry, you weren't. You got there at the end of his career and then you and fired you, you him. You fired him and then you you know you fired Jimmy Johnson. You fired Barry Switzer. You fi- now Barry Switzer should never got the job, but you fired Barry Switzer. You fired. You know, Bill Parcells, you you know, <laughs> the list goes on and on. Well, you didn't fire Parcells, you just ticked him off so he left. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you, you could go down the list of coaches, and, and I go back to Mike McCarthy hasn't made 
any sort of mark. Like, there were things that he did in Green Bay, and you, you said that's a Mike McCarthy, like, that's his imprint. That's what he wants to do offensively. He's making his mark on that football team. He hasn't, up to this point, done an analysis. But there was a, for once, I saw a little bit of fire in him at the press conference yesterday. That there was a little bit of, hey, I'm fed up with this. This isn't going to work. Well, what about Kelmore? I'm not even sure. I, I'm not going down that road. Don't want to talk about it. Like, there was a little bit of an up to me, and I thought, stick to that. Yeah. Stay that Well, that's man. why I think if it, if it doesn't happen this season, if Jerry doesn't let go of the reins, I think if you're going to – you're going to piss Mike McCarthy off just well enough to either make him leave or say the heck with it. Here you go. And that team's going to fall down the drain. I, that's why I'm saying it doesn't matter who's at that head coach position. If Jerry Jones doesn't take his hands off the reins and hand it over to the head coach to lead and guide that team, and that team's going to continue to go. It's going to be the same thing. But I agree with you. Mike has to keep that fire. He has to keep that drive. But if not... It's going to continue to go down the drain, man. I think you have to allow Mike McCarthy to run that team the way you have to put your confidence in him. That last play, that's one play. You you hired him for a reason. Right. Now, what that reason really was, nobody will ever know because neither side has really come out and said what happened. But you hired him for a reason. And you can't convince me that you hired Mike McCarthy who had won a Super Bowl, was, you know, Consistently in the playoffs in Green Bay, you know, has verbal bouquets thrown at him by Aaron Rodgers, all those things. You can't convince me that you hired that guy just to stand on the sideline, make the decision on timeouts and fourth down plays. Like, right. You can't tell me that. You had no to have hired him. You had to have brought him in to make a difference on that offense because you got tired of seeing the same thing over and over and over and over from Jason Garrett and then Kellen Moore. So you, 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 you had to have brought him in. To make his imprint, and we haven't seen his style of offense at all in Dallas. Now, I think a large part of it is he doesn't have his quarterback. Dak is not a Mike McCarthy type of quarterback. You know that that's not what he he's known for. Even you know with Brett Favre wasn't that kind of a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers wasn't that kind of a quarterback. You gotta assume that's not who he wants. I think you've got to move on from Kellen Moore, and there needs to be a serious conversation about what do you have to do to bring in your quarterback. Period. At some point, you got to move on from Dak Prescott. Yeah. Don't well, those, how? Because there's a lot of money involved. Yeah. Well, those know. are the 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 top three factors in this whole conversation. You know, what's going to happen with Dak? Uh, what's going to one? That's going to happen with Kellen Moore because we know Dan Quinn's staying, so he's out the equation now. But yeah. what's going to happen with Kellen Moore? And if you whether you keep or don't keep. If he whether he stays or don't stay, what's going to happen with Dak Prescott, and then what's Jerry Jones going to do about it? You know what are they going to? Do? Because either you're going to allow Mike McCarthy to get his quarterback or his offensive coordinator, or you're going to continue to hold on to the reins and drive the ship and, and continue to ship Rick every year. Yeah. But with with that being said, you know you have all these other things this this moving in the cow. Kellen Moore isn't, you know, he, whether he's in or out is un, uh, unknown, but we have, you know, the linebacker coach George Edwards gone, and then we have PD gone. We everybody's have, gone. We, yeah, everybody's they gone. Have no coaches under contract except for Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore, and Mike McCarthy. That's yeah. it. And what are you going to do? Because you need a new, you need a new linebackers coach. You need a new 
Offensive offensive coach. And defensive line. Running back coach. You need... Who are you going to get, man? Um, So, one of these names that were brought up, I saw yesterday, uh, was Sean Lee. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you didn't mention that yesterday as a possibility. Yeah. Is bringing him back as a linebackers coach. Now, I say that's an interesting uh, deal. Here's why. Because... Leighton Vanderesh, they're looking at keeping Leighton Vanderesh on or bringing him back because this is a free agent. He's a free agent. Uh, and that's the other part of this is the financial side for the Cowboys. Yeah. Because they've got a lot of free agents coming up. You've got you know the, the cap space issue. Now it, it lends itself all of these moves, all of this, you know, we're gonna make changes, lends itself for me to believe Ezekiel Elliott's gone. Yeah. You're going to cut him well, and free up that cap space. So, so that's what ten and a half million dollars in, in so free we, money. Yeah, so we're talking about. Uh, so yeah, so we're talking about um, cap space and money. Well, I just seen where um, the Dallas are looking at signing possible five more players. Adding them to the roster, possible contracts coming up, and uh, Dennis Houston mm-hmm. was a rookie. I think he should have made the team over uh, Jalen Tobert. Yeah. Uh, and then Al uh the offensive lineman, and then Galloway, another receiver, and then uh, somebody else. It's about four or five players, but those three I remember that they were looking forward to bringing uh, to giving them contracts. Uh, but yeah. Packing you know, up to Sean Lee, I think Sean Lee will be a, be a good fit because Leighton Vanderish uh, played under him. He he kind of mentored him through the game, and uh, I think Sean Lee will be you know he's a Penn State guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Micah, I think they'll get along you know just fine. Uh, so I think he'll Sean Lee's play while he was in Dallas was phenomenal. It was pivotal, you know, when he played when he wasn't injured. Right. Uh, and his last season there wasn't bad. He had a good, you know, last season. He was very pivotal in that defense with Leighton Vanderish. Uh, so I think you bring him back because you know he's young, um, and he could. He's uh, defensive minded, very defensive minded. He was good at middle linebacker. I think he helps Michael. I think he'll help Michael Parsons uh, in that linebacker set in that middle linebacker set. Because honestly, I, I said all season you have to get Michael Parsons off that edge. Go draft yeah, another edge. I don't edge. understand why you walked him down like that. Yeah, you, you have to get him off the edge. You got to put him back at uh, his his position, middle line. I understand he played that when he was in high school, defensive end. Mm-hmm. But in college, he was known for middle linebacker. Put yeah. him back at his positions. Let well, and he could have helped you out dropping back in the coverage several right, times. Right, right. But. Um, Put him back there. I think with Sean Lee there, uh, he could help him with, help him more at that position. But um, also another name my brother just said was uh, uh, Ken Norton. Now, I don't know much about Ken Norton, but you want somebody. He's a respected you know football coach there in, in the league. Uh, but you want somebody that's going to hone in on that defense because your linebackers. Are your quarterbacks of the defense? They see mm-hmm. the field. They uh, make the they make the plays, call the plays, and you want somebody that's going to help develop them into those type of guys. I believe Vanderish and uh, Vanderish and Michael Parsons is, is as good as this, as it gets at those positions. Yeah, respectively, and 
you don't want to waste that talent. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to. You have a good, more than a good uh, amount of years left out of Van Der Esch and you want to use it. Well, well, and and one reason, because uh, I had actually forgotten this until I was I was seeing if he was under contracting where which he's not. But one one reason that Ken Norton might be, would be a good fit there also is he has uh, ties. Uh, to Dan Quinn from the Seattle days, the Legion of Boom days. Oh, so I mean, it, there are some connections there. Now, I, I want you know because we're talking about you know Sean Lee. You mentioned Sean Lee; he's a former Cowboy. You know, because of the way Ooh. that things have gone uh, for Dan Quinn in regards to former Cowboys, and you know, once they're brought into the organization, Jerry just holding on to them like they're a teddy bear. Um, <laughs> I, it would make me a little cautious. Not that that wouldn't be the right move, but but bringing in a a former former cowboy would be a little bit of a pause for me. Because once I bring him in, do I have to hold on? Like, are you gonna force me? To well, yeah, hold I, on yeah, to? I see that side of it. I do, um, but I don't get that sense with Sean Lee because it wasn't a. "Quote unquote love affair" is what we would call, you know, with Jason Garrett and Kelly Moore. Yeah. It wasn't Dak a Prescott. Yeah, it wasn't like that with Sean Lee. Um, so I don't see it being that type of issue. I just think it'd be interesting because he's young, uh, and he, you know, he helped mentor and bring up uh, Vanderish in the game, and you know, I think him and Michael would have some good chemistry. We've uh, got to have your brother on the show because, like, this is good interaction. Yeah, you just need to see. come on the show. Oh, okay. That's another good, good, uh, the Ron Payne, Payne, you had brought that up yesterday and I wasn't sure you were talking about, but yes, the Ron Payne, uh, from the, the Redskins. Yeah. Um, and he was saying, it's, you know, it's possible that, you know, it's time to move on from Gallimore and bring in the Ron Payne. That could be another key run stop because I mean, Gallimore's play has kind of declined, declined this year, mm-hmm. big time. Um, so that could be another possibility. But while we're on the subject of bringing in maybe former Cowboys as a coach, this is not going to happen because he didn't pay too much money, he enjoys his job. He's already said, you know, I enjoy time with my family. Do you know what I'd, I would seriously, and this is going to... I know make, who you're about to say. Do you know who I would seriously talk to about being the offensive coordinator? Tony Romo. Tony Romo. That guy, he he knows it. Like, you would have thought the way he played it, you're an idiot. No, he <laughs> knows his stuff. Like, he knows the game of football. Yeah. And you listen to him talking, you know, you should be a coach. Yeah. Well, like, after and, and people have talked to him about, you know, and he said, you know, I want more time with my family, and this kind of allows that. And he's getting paid, uh, paid plenty of money there at CBS as their lead analyst. Not gonna happen. But if I'm if I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm making a phone call today, saying, okay, you saw the press conference. <laughs> I'm not. You know, like listen here. I I just need you. You want you know we can work together. We can. Split play call duties, whatever you want to do, but I'm talking to you. Because the name that's going to get thrown out there, more than likely, in my opinion, is going to be Byron Leftwich. Because, I mean, he's the last kind of big-name offensive coordinator that's going to be on right, the open market. Right, right. But, but I'm calling Tony Romo. I mean, I made that phone call yesterday <laughs> before the press conference. And I'm about to rip Kellen Moore in front of everybody. Yeah. Well, okay, but, but, but here's the thing. You get Tony Romo. Do you keep Dak? No. Because here's the thing, and I know my brother will relate to this because he talks about it all the time. He said, you remember when Dak was in college and he and Tony Romo was a playoff game and he ripped Tony Romo? 
Oh, said, yeah, I no, could do better. And no, li- da- Dak's gone. Like, I, yeah. But see, that goes back to me. I don't care who's calling the plays or who's in. Dak needs to go. So I think he, either way, dude, no matter who you bring in, Dak's got to go. You know, I don't. Again, I, I think the the big part of that though is just the financial aspect. And this is where Jerry's got to quit handing out these contracts because now you you need to get rid of this guy. You can't get rid of that guy. But I'm telling you, I would call Tony Romo and say, what would it take for you? To come in and coach for the Dallas Cowboys, I I, I think that would be a good move. Yeah, I I mean I, I did and, too. And, but... and on the fan side of things, Tony has garnered more respect now. Yeah, because now we look back honestly, we didn't realize we go, what we had. Yeah, we're like that wasn't so bad. Like, <laughs> like it wasn't terrible. We made fun of him and we whatever, but but that wasn't so bad, you know. Yeah. Like we we wish our quarterback could read a defense like that. Like, yeah, we wish he understood those things. Well, you know, uh, okay. So let's address this real quick because I, I've seen it, um, and I heard it, but I'm not sure what exactly it is. So in that contract, there's a no trade clause or something to that extent, mm-hmm. isn't it? So I let me because I want to get the specifics on this because I've been trying to do some re- so so the specifics of Dak's contract are kind of shady to me. Oh, it because if that's the case, that's kind of it makes no sense to me because the type of quarterback that he is that no no trade clause if you're not gonna if you're not gonna franchise tag him. If he's not going to be a franchise quarterback, why put that in a, in, you know, why do that? Let's see. If he waive that, then you have huge problem in the locker room. Oh. What was he saying? He said if you do that, basically if you do that, then you have a huge problem in the locker room. If you trade that, maybe so. But, Ugh. I, man, it's it's at this point to where you know you you have to you you seriously have to evaluate that position. You should evaluate that position more than you evaluate the kicker position. You know, yeah. Jerry hopped on that like yesterday. You know, but you know, I, I don't I don't know. But yeah, with 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 Tony Romo, you do get the sense that it, it's you know we didn't know what we had. But I've seen also where you know Tony Romo did not have as much talent as the Cowboys had today. Yeah, you know he didn't have the best running backs. You know he didn't have the best running back he had was Demarco Murray. Even then. DeMarco Mary wasn't fully healthy until 20, the 2014 season. Yeah. Uh, you didn't have the, the, the best receivers, you know. You had Des Bryant. That's pretty much it. You, well, and you had, uh, later on, you had uh, Terrence Williams. So he does have a no-trade clause. Dak, he does? Yes. So, all right. Yeah. 
But okay, but here's the thing about putting more people because he said, you know, Dak's younger than Romo, he has more time, you stick it out with him. So, and you put more people around him. Okay, I understand that. Yes, he's younger. He has more time. But here's my issue with putting more people around Dak. Is that, and I said this at the beginning of, of the season. If Dak is not confident and under pressure, I would not put any key receivers, any more key receivers around him. And here's why. It's because we've seen that he lacks getting them the ball in these moments, in big moments. And you can't have that. One of the things that you have to realize with Dak is Dak is not your 80% of the time passing quarterback. He's mm-hmm. just not. It's not likely. And it's not to say that he's not a, you know, he's not good. He's just not capable of doing that. He's not that type of quarterback. Then, And this is why Bill Parcells said you have to get the ball out of his hands. Yeah. Uh, it's the real, it's the realistic side of it. You want to make him that quarterback, but he's simply not that quarterback. Right. You know, he's not your Patrick Mahomes. He's not your Aaron Rodgers. You know, and and he's not even really. He may not be the best scrambler, but his legs when he runs, he puts the Cowboys in positions to win. We yeah, see but it. he can't take a game over with his leg. No, he can't. But this is what I'm saying. With in position and in, in, in times like that where he's under pressure, he could run. Here's a here's a here's a uh, example for instance. Yeah, San Francisco uh, down in the red zone when he threw that first interception. It was a whole lane in front of him where he could have ran and got yards and first down. Yeah, he chose not to. You ran all over Tampa Bay. Yeah, but and you and and you had a whole lane in front of you where you could have ran and you didn't. And so it's 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 like I don't know if it's, it's still it's that mental block where he's tired. You know, he he sees things and like I should not. You know, I maybe not. I I'm scared or. Yeah. You still worried about that injury or you seen Tony Pollard get injury injured? Like run. Yeah, just go for it, man. Learn how to slide for one. Yeah, but you play in the NFL. You just got to play football. Yeah. That, that's the thing. Uh, so, we'll see what happens uh, in Dallas. Because, I mean, you know, it, right now it's a mess. It is a mess, period. End of story. That's all we can say about the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. It is a mess. So, uh, as far as the rest of the league is concerned, a head coach finally got hired. We've been waiting on somebody to get hired for yeah. some job. Uh, Frank Reich to Carolina. You know, I didn't know this. Frank Reich started the first game ever for the Carolina Panthers as their quarterback, 1995. Wait, say that again? When they, when they started the, the Panthers, yeah. he was the starting quarterback. He was their first ever quarterback in franchise history. Full circle then, huh? Full circle. He's back in the league, and he is an offensive-minded football coach. I th- I, you know, they, they cut bait with him early in Indianapolis for whatever reason. That's a whole other mess that's still going on because apparently Jeff Saturday is one of the seven finalists for that job, and how in the world that ever happened, I don't know. There's a petition by people not to hire Jeff Saturday, whatever. Horse and pony show. Frank Wright got the short end of the deal. They fire him, but it was assumed that he would be in the cycle, you know, this time to, to go get another head coaching job. He, he lands in Carolina. Maybe you get to draft your quarterback, 
or you know look at the market see see who's out there I think that could be a <clears throat> a very interesting uh, situation for him you know I, I I thought that was a good move bring in Frank Reich see what you know see what can happen because for whatever reason Sean Payton wasn't happening over there all of a sudden and after that was after Dave Sean- Tepper came out and said whatever we got to do to get Sean Payton we'll do it yeah. and then suddenly he pivots and hires Frank Reich I don't think Sean Payton's going to be happening anywhere this season. Well, I did want to talk about, for a minute, uh, here, here in just a second, he had a very lengthy interview in Arizona yesterday. He was apparently meeting with him all day. Okay. So we'll talk about that in a second. But as far as Frank Reich was concerned, I thought that, that was a good move by the Carolina yeah, so Panthers. That, that's what started the Kellen Moore thing. Is you know Yesterday, it, it happened. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a joke at first. I didn't realize it was real till I uh, looked it up. But yeah, they hired him, and Kellen Moore was up for a second interview. Kellen so, Moore had a second interview. Yeah, so they, they were going to make their decision yesterday, and I really thought Kellen Moore was going to get that job. Well, yeah, and Sean Payton is it, you know, whatever that fell apart. So I said, okay, they're going to bring like they're really going to do this. But here's I, if Kellen Moore is up for these jobs and he's not getting them. What is going on in the interviews? Is it that they're realizing, okay, he's not as... He's not who we thought he was. Yeah, he's not as bright as what we thought. But he's not the wonder boy, is what they call him in Dallas. Yeah. He's not He's not that wonderful <laughs> as as they make him seem or what, as what we thought. And I think that's what's happening. It's because I want to know what kind of offensive mind Kellen Moore has. Because we see with, it, but he does. Yeah, well, that he doesn't have one of his own. Like he, he is trying to be Jason Garrett, and we see how that went up. I mean, Jason Garrett doesn't get interviewed for NFL jobs anymore. Could have taken the Stanford job, chose not to. But I mean, outside of that, he doesn't get phone calls. Like nobody's burning up his phone saying, "Hey, will you come be our head coach?" Not happening. So if I'm Kellen Moore, I look at that and go, "Well, if he's not getting interviews," And he's not getting jobs. Then maybe I should reassess doing it his way. And if he really is, and, and this goes back to if he really is who we hear he is as far as an offensive mind football coach, then show it. Prove it. Put it out there on the field. And then maybe you get some of these jobs. You're talking about the Carolina Panthers. Now, I think that the the, the catalyst to Frank Wright getting, going there is Frank Wright is known for developing quarterbacks. I think that they looked at that and they said, okay, Sam Arnold is a free agent. We're probably not bringing him back. You know, you, you moved on from Baker Mayfield. You could hit the restart button. That indicates to me that they're going to go draft a quarterback. And they're going to let Frank Wright develop him on that rookie contract, build around him, and see what they can do in Carolina. I thought that was a great move. I thought it was a good yeah. hire. I do, I do, I do too. Um, but, you know... I seen the move moving on from uh if indeed it happens, the move on from Donald, I seen that happening when they brought Baker Mayfield in. Mm-hmm. I, I because not even that, no. When they brought Cam Newton back. Yeah. After the season he had just had with the Patriots. That was a bad deal. And they decided to bring him back. Yeah. That let me know they had no confidence whatsoever in Sam Donald. Yeah. It wasn't the Mayfield move. But it was that move, and that showed me okay, yeah, they're they're keeping him on for K 
keepsake, you know, just as insurance. But they're not confident in and him. And he as finished out the season somewhat solid. I mean, yeah. you know, they go six and six to finish the year. Yeah. But he's not consistent. Right. That's the problem with Sam yeah, He's not consistent. Um, and he's not a starting quarterback in the end. Like, he's not going to get a seat at the table with any of the open spots. No. 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 But. Not unless Indianapolis, I guess, bring him on. Maybe Jeff Saturday was impressed with him. Jeff Saturday. Like, the fact that we're still talking about Jeff Saturday is incredible to me. That he's apparently part of the seven that's going to get another interview and that's your finalist? Kidding me? It's ridiculous. It's Peyton Manning's center, man. Then call it Peyton Manning. He's coaching in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Him and Eli, head to head. That's going to be funny. Battle of the Brothers. Those those are two characters, man. Eli retired and came out of his shell. He did. Like, the Manning cast is great. Yeah. Like, to flip back and forth between the traditional broadcast and listen to them for a little bit, that's great. I'm yeah. Like, that's that's good entertainment. Yeah. Like, I, I'm happy. I'm genuinely happy for Eli. Like, he looked miserable his last few years in, in New York, man. Yeah, he really did. But he was getting the the, the the bottom end of the stick, too. Yeah, because they brought in Danny Nichols. and <laughs> He was dating Himes for a little bit until yeah. it mattered. Eli sat there in all humbleness and said, Now you see. This is what you wanted. This is what you got. Well, Tony Rollins got to be thinking the same thing. Possibly. But Dak has done better than Danny Dimes or well, Danny yeah, Nichols. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, but still. Like, you think about these quarterbacks that teams move on from. And, and you go, oh, that's what you wanted. Right? You're right. Yeah. You, you chose that. But I wonder I wonder this. I wonder this. And this is just kind of going back and just hypothetically speaking. Just a guess. If Tony Romo, when Tony Romo came back, they took Dak out and started Tony Romo. Uh-huh. They made the playoffs that season. Do they beat Green Bay with Tony Romo? Very possible. Because he's done it before. Yeah. Do you beat Green Bay with Tony Romo and go on to uh, the NFC Championship? You were going to go to the Super Bowl. Like, if you won that game, that you were yeah. going to the Super Bowl. But you see how many times Cowboys should have went to the Super Bowl and they just didn't? For whatever reason. Yeah. I still go back to you. Thanks, Mike. You didn't have to throw that challenge flag. Just let it go. But even then, that for sure, that was only because of the challenge flag. But other outside that season, the 20s, that can Zeke, that rookie year, Cowboys should have went to the, the the Super Bowl. Yeah. they should. Cowboys should have about two, three Super Bowls, including this year and last, last season. There's no, but it's, once again, it's always the offense. Defense does just enough for them to go and win. But the offense can't, yeah. can't get it done. So the other side of the situation, you know, Steve Wilkes was the interim coach in Carolina. Here's the the thing. He is uh, suing the Cardinals for firing after one year in Arizona. <laughs> we go back to the, you know, we talked about the ruining rule earlier mm-hmm. uh, in the week. I, we go back to this conversation because here was the 
statement that they put out, his, his representation put out yesterday. We are shocked and disturbed that after the incredible job Coach Wilkes did as the interim coach, including bringing the team back into playoff contention and garnering the support of the players and fans, that he was passed over for the head coach position by Dave Tepper. There is a legitimate race problem in the NFL, and we can assure you that we will have more to say in coming days. He went 6-6. Six and six. Granted, they were 1-4 prior to that. They did play harder for him than they did for Matt Rule. No question. But this is Frank Reich. This is a coach who, you know, has, has uh, coached in Philadelphia when they went to the Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator, got his head coaching job. I mean, this is Frank Reich. This is the guy that you want to bring in to develop a quarterback. If that is your plan, I have no problem with that. I go back to why has this suddenly become... The issue, even Tony Dungy yesterday was asked about this. He came out and he said, you know, I'm a little disappointed. I thought he had a shot, but I understand. Mm -hmm. He went back to, you know, you're going to bring in an offensive-minded guy because you think you're going to probably go draft a quarterback and you want him to develop him. So he said, I understand. Is this where we're at with with these head coaching jobs? That if, that if you know, a, a black guy doesn't get the job, African American doesn't get the job now. Everybody's gonna be up in arms because this happens with every job here lately. Ever since Brian Flores, you know, decided to sue. What if the Cardinals don't hire Brian Flores? By the way, because people forget he interviewed for that job. Mm-hmm. Is he gonna sue them? Well, the thing about it is, there's an entitlement issue uh, in America with this. Is and it, coming from me, and as a black man. In America, we're not, or black people in America, we're not entitled to everything. You want to, you, you want to, and especially something like this, we're not entitled to have an NFL position, position in NFL. We're not entitled to be owners. We're not entitled to be coaches. We're not entitled to be coordinators. Whatever you want to say, we're not entitled G- GMs. We're not entitled to it. Rather, you we get these positions because we are qualified for the positions. It's better when you get the position because you're qualified for it. Now, if you're favored and you get the position and you're not qualified, then that's just God's favor. But you get those positions because you're qualified and you have what it takes to run that. To, to be over that position. But you should never. And this is the thing about the Rooney Rule. Is because it's being used incorrectly. Is we, You should never interview somebody. Simply because you're told to. Which is what the NFL is doing. Yeah. You, you, you should never do that. Because then you're giving false hope. Uh, you don't really want this person. But because you were told to. You'll do it anyway. Which is supposedly what happened in New York. With the yeah. Brian Nabbles. Yeah. And, and so. If a team doesn't want you, they don't want you. You can't force anybody to want you, to hire you, or anything. Unless that team comes out and says anything prejudiced or racial against uh, black people or something like that, then you have a case. But if it hasn't been said or it hasn't been done, 
you don't have a case. You don't have a right to go, well, if you don't hire me, I'm going to sue you. It's not racist because they don't hire you. But that's what they're threatening. Like, it, it's very, we'll have more to say. You've already sued the Arizona, uh, the Cardinals. So now, I mean, you're. Th- it's like they're threatening Carolina. Get ready. You're going to get a lawsuit. I don't. I don't agree with it. We're, you're not entitled to the job, man. Move on. You know, at, go at this somewhere point, else. Go, if you still want coaching the NFL, go elsewhere. Yeah. But but we've got to get to the point where we hire guys because they. But can what win. does your resume look like? Is the question. He had never been a head coach. That's what at, I'm outside the one season in, in Arizona where they fired him, which is why he's suing them. Yeah. Because he's but, saying, well, if I wasn't black, you wouldn't have fired me after one year. There's plenty of white guys who get fired after one year. It's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, but but it, it, it get this goes back to why I had an issue with Brian Flores because it was like he opened the door now for everybody to hop on that man. Well, with. this is why this case isn't it, it doesn't stand it because look at Nathaniel Hackett one year in Denver he's gone not even a full season yeah I can so you so your you know, you wouldn't have fired me if I would no that that's not true look at. Coach Dean finishes. Wade Phillips didn't even finish the season. And yeah. Jerry Jones fired him. You he's know? a Phillips. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. a household name in the NFL. Right. Um, Rex you know, Ryan's been fired in the middle of a season. Yeah. It just depends on who the owner is and what what your resume looks like and what they were looking for. How the team's for. responding. Yeah. Yeah. Urban Meyer didn't make it. And he's right. the most famous, one of the most famous football coaches in America. Right. So it's not because you're black, man. It's just because they were looking to move on. They wanted something different. You were put in that position as an interim, right? Yeah. You was put in that position as an interim. That means you're just there to fill the spot until we get somebody else. And you might have consideration, but it's not a guarantee. And besides that, like I said, oh, I thought to me, hinged on what they wanted to do with the quarterback position. But if it is, go draft a guy, then bring in a guy who can And if you're looking at what's happening over in in Indianapolis, it's asinine because, for one, Jeff Saturday should not be getting another interview. He should not be getting another interview. So just like we talk about Jerry's got a love affair with these former Cowboys players, there is some sort of a love affair between Jim Mercer and Jeff Saturday. I don't know why, how, or what. Yeah. He's in love with Jeff Sardy. Like, he wants Jeff Sardy to be his guy. He said, look at Dan Campbell. He had no head coaching experience, and they let him make it. They let Dan Campbell make it because he had a resemblance of a season. The Lions weren't bad. The Lions were like the Texans, right? The Texans weren't a bad team. They just had – they couldn't finish a game. Yeah. And the Lions, this, you know, they, they almost made the play. Like, that's a yeah. playoff team. Yeah. And so the Lions weren't. That's because you had a semblance of something brewing in Detroit. Not because Dan Quinn had no coaching experience and uh, he, you know, it's because they had something already brewing in Detroit and he helped it along. But as an interim coach, you're not guaranteed that position forever. You're not guaranteed another contract. You're not guaranteed that season where we're going to keep you. That that's why I said it depends on it depends on the owner and it depends on what they're looking for in that organization. But you it's it's you can't feel entitled to a position that's not yours. The, the position isn't yours. If they, you, they they told him you're gonna be part of the process, but we are gonna interview other candidates. And like I said, 
I, I really thought whether or not he got to keep that job hinged entirely on the fact do they stick with Sam Darnold or do they move on at the quarterback position? And if you do, you want to bring in an offensive-minded head coach that can develop that guy so you can hit the full reset button, not waste his rookie contract years, get him on the cheap, and, and play football. And I, I, you know, so I thought it had more to do with that than anything else. It's just that the door has been opened uh, for this to even be a conversation. That, you know, that that's what was telling to me, is that the door has been opened, and it feels like we've opened up Pandora's box. Yeah. Well, and this is why my brother brought up. He's like, why not, you know, why move on from Lovey? The Texans are in the, it, bigger than the Cowboys. The now, Texans- I, 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 I will say, I agree with you. I think that Le- Lovey got jipped. I yeah. really do. I and it, But I don't think it even has to do with anything other than, I think the Texans are just in that big of a mess. Yeah. The Texans, from the beginning, should have never put Lovey in that position, but they did, and then they turned around and did him what way. Because the NFL forced him to. Yeah. But this is this is the this is the issue that has to be addressed in the NFL. because the, And this is the thing, and I've said this before about Roger Goodell, is that stuff like this he's quiet on. You don't hear about it. I'm not going to get involved. Yeah, he hands it off to his, uh, to his other people, and they handle it. But anything regarding domestic violence or anything like that, Roger Goodell is all over it. Sexual assault cases, he's all over it. His hands are all in it. But you don't hear from him on these cases, on, on on these deals. And this is where the NFL is is it, it fails is he because he fails to address stuff like this and to handle it uh, and put it in check. So as long as he doesn't do that, we will continue to have this issue. With these coaches who feel like they ha- should have a position because they're black. And that's not the case. You have to address this Rooney rule. You have to address what it means. Because like I said, it's not you uh teams shouldn't have to it shouldn't have to interview, interview somebody, somebody because if they're not interested in them. And you don't want to do that to somebody. Because I don't want to show up to an interview with false hope knowing that they're only interviewing me. Because I because the interv- the uh, league said I had to because I'm black, I don't want to do that. You're giving me false hope. I'm for real. I'm looking to get a job. Yeah, like I'm doing my homework. Yeah. I'm coming in there, you know, to to have a legitimate interview. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, you just have to. You 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 just have to really say, assess what that means. Don't don't give me false hope. Don't do that. But if the NFL man, and this is what I say, if it's if it's a cause, and then they, they don't want black coaches in there, okay, investigate that, but don't go just right away sue. Investigate yeah. before you just say oh, I'm gonna sue them. You know, invest, yeah, investigate it, and then go from there. You know, yeah. Brian Flores. I, I'll say he had a legitimate reason in the beginning. It was some stuff that came out that shouldn't have came out, and he got hold of it wrongfully. I mean, incidentally, he got yeah, hold like of it. Bill Belichick just sent it to the wrong yeah, Brian, and he got a hold of it, and so he had that just cause. But you can't. I mean, you you can't build off of that. You had to investigate some of these these teams and really know why. 
But if you're not the coach that they're looking for, then you're not the coach that they're Take looking it. for. Take it. You get the job. Move on. Uh, look at other places. Now, Sean Payton, we talked about this. He did have a very lengthy interview in Arizona. One of the key things that apparently is is the or was a part of the conversation yesterday. So Arizona just brought in their new GM, uh, you know, hiring him away from uh, San Francisco. They bring him in, and one of the conversations is that if you bring in Sean Payton, he wants to have a lot of say over drafting the personnel, all of those things. How would that mesh with you know a new general manager yeah. uh, that you just hired under the assumption that he's going to help run the roster? So. Interesting, but apparently he had a very good conversation. It was an all-day, you know, uh, process. He had lunch with the owners, the GM. Uh, then he met with some of the staff. Met, some, you know, so he had the the full round of interview. Be interesting to see if there's any movement on that front today. I, I really feel like if Sean Payton's going anywhere, he's going anywhere before the end of the weekend. I I, I think if he doesn't go anywhere before the end of the weekend. Sean Payton's going to wind up staying at Fox. Because he, he's I not mean, going to Denver, it doesn't look like. Because they're, they, you know, they've they cooled off. Yeah. He didn't get the Carolina job. He hadn't even interviewed for the Colts job because they're hung up on other people. It's like the I, Texans seem to be out. It's him and... Carolina. And, and Arizona. I mean, Arizona. Uh, it's like I said yesterday, man. He, he should have just... He should have did what was, instead of interviewing for all these teams, knowing he wanted to stay in the South, he should have never went and interviewed. He should have never made his rounds. He should have never done that. Interview for what you want. Go there. Stick to it. There was something, and and, and, and there's still, a, it, you know, because he came out and refuted this. I don't believe him. There's something that happened with Denver. Because by all accounts, Denver was ready to give him a con. I mean, he works at Fox. Colin Coward has him on the show. Following his appearance on the show, Colin Coward comes out and basically tells the entire country, listen, here in the next few hours, you're going to be hearing it. I want you to hear it here first. Sean Payton's going to wind up in Denver. It's going to be for, you know, around $25 million a year. It's happening. And then the next day, Colin Coward has to come back on his show and say, well, I'm hearing. Well, who do you think he's hearing this from? The man, you know, for all intents and purposes right now, still works right down the hallway from you. Mm-hmm. But he, he starts saying, well, I'm hearing that maybe there's some issue with Russell Wilson. That there would be some issue with, would they let him, you know, completely run the personnel side of things. And that he, you know, and that there was starting to be some reservations. It wasn't the money. The the Walmart family owns it. You know, there's no shortage of money. If they want to pay him, they can pay him. That's not the question. So, there's still that aspect that I'm interested to see when all of this is said and done. If he gets a job, if he doesn't get a job, I want to know what happened in Denver. Is it really Russell Wilson? And if it's Russell Wilson, I am very cautious if I'm any of the finalists in Denver right now. Like, if Sean Payton looked at that and said, I don't want to work with that guy, which I, I would have some severe reservations about working with him because of the stories that you hear now. I would have reservations. But if Sean Payton said that, then you've got to think that there's something there. Like, you know, yeah. if he was going to go, he was going to take the job, and then there was some sort of a conversation. Like I said, Sean Payton's now come out and said, well, you know, no, that's not what happened. 
you know, Russ and I had a great conversation. Well, he's got to say that because he's still under contract with Fox. And he knows he's got to stay there if he didn't get this job in Arizona. But at some point, I think that we're going to get the inside scoop on what really happened a few days ago in Denver where it came down to it's a done deal, let's just let the ink dry to now know we're, we're, we're talking to other candidates. Yeah. And it seemed like they completely pivoted to Dan Quinn, which is also why it makes it interesting to me that now Dan Quinn's saying, I'm not going to Denver. Because, you know, you had Russell Wilson saying, I would love to work with him. I already know him. That'd be great. And then he suddenly withdraws his name. Because, so the pecking order for Denver was Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh, and Dan Quinn. That's the top three. And all all three have said, thanks, but no thanks. There's problems in Denver. And it wasn't just Nathaniel Hackett. There, There are some severe issues in Denver and I really don't, if if the sense is that nobody wants to work with Russell Wilson, that he's well, become Russell, that toxic. Russell Wilson was. There's no path. He, he was a, he was brought on and given all this money, but he wasn't the main guy. When he was brought on to make him a playoff team. Yeah, he, but he wasn't the main option. He wasn't the first option. That's the problem is you brought a guy in who wasn't your main, your first choice, and now you got to keep him. And now whoever comes in, he has to be their quarterback. That's the problem is you have you have you're coaches, stuck. Yeah, you're stuck. You're stuck. And you're, you're stuck. Whatever coach they get. That coach is stuck with Russell Wilson, and you, you, you're until you make. I don't even know if you go, you'll draft anybody, as long as he's there. But you're stuck with Russell Wilson, and 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 doomed to do the best you can until that contract is up, or else something else happens. As far as maybe he gets cut, or traded, or you draft somebody else and start them over him. But other than that, they are doomed to do to deal with. Russell Wilson as a quarterback. And Sean Payton um, and Dan Quinn probably looked at it and said, yeah, no thank you. Because my guess is they there's a there's a there's a um, assumption that once they get there, okay, I get to pick my quarterback, I get to pick the offense that I run. Well, you can pick your offense, but you can't pick your quarterback. Now, now, granted, Sean Payton's going to be in the same situation in Arizona, but but he's got to be like a better. But I think he looks at I think he looks at Kyler Murray and goes, "I could work with that." Well, yeah, it's more formidable. But you you can't with Russell Wilson. He's older. His arm isn't the same. Um, so you have you have less to work with. Now, you still have something to work with, but you have less to work with. Well, let's just... I mean, think about how different it would have been if Aaron Rodgers had been traded last year and he winds up in Denver. I think Nathaniel Hackett is still there. I think that's a playoff team. Well, yeah, he's still... Of course he's still there because that was his guy. That was this, the first choice. Russell Wilson was the second choice. You know, and Denver, for whatever reason, accepted it. And now they have to deal with it. And so... You you can't get anybody else. You grit locked yourself for however many however long that contract is for. And Another three years, I believe. Yeah. yeah so you've grit locked yourself for three years or so, and, and now 
you have to deal with it. And the head coach, that'll be, the guy that'll be the head coach there has to deal with it. And you're paying Buku's the money because of it. You should have never done that. You should have never done that. And you just did that to yourself. And you have a good defense. You have, I guess, an okay offense. But yeah, you. I mean, what philosophy are you gonna? Yeah. I, I just don't. I don't see a situation, a scenario at this point yeah. where Denver suddenly becomes a playoff team next year. No, I, I, I just but, don't. But, I don't see it happening. If you're Sean Payton, you're looking at at Car- at the Cardinals and saying, "This is something I can work with." Because you got to assume that he thinks he could go in there and and get the re- gain the respect of Kyler Murray to the point that you know, then he would start watching film and all of that. So I I I think if I'm Sean Payton. Of course, now it seems like that's your only option. But if they offer you that job, I, I think that you would feel comfortable uh, taking that job and thinking that, hey, we could make this you know, a contending football team again. Now, we, we've done a lot of talk about the off-the-field stuff, but there is still on-the-field football. Uh, playoff weekend, this is it. Uh, conference championship, chance to, to go to the Super Bowl on the line. Uh, let's start off talking about that Bengals and Chiefs game. You know, Mahomes uh, practice yesterday. He came out. He said it was better than I thought it was going to be. I'm confident in the ankle. He wouldn't commit to being 100%. I don't think he's going to be 100%. But it seemed that he could kind of move around a little bit. I'm still interested to see that first time that Cincinnati goes to bull rush him, what's he going to do? I, I think that that is, if I'm, you know, the, the defensive coordinator, I draw up a real quick right out the gate first drive, you know, uh, somewhere in the drive, probably not first play, but somewhere in that drive, I draw something up to to see if Mahomes will move. Because if he doesn't move, they're in trouble. Like, if he's not able to move the pocket, step up in the pocket, do some things, they're in trouble. And I, I've got to test him early. I thought that, you know, a couple years ago when he had... Now, granted, we've been told it's not as bad as it was, you know, in that Super Bowl, and of course he's not dealing with the turf toe either. But I thought that was one of the genius moves, you know, in that Super Bowl uh, by Todd Bowles was he often and, and early and often he forced Mahomes to try to do something. You know, he forced him out of that pocket. He forced him to move around, try to move the pocket, all those things. And if Mahomes can't do that, it's going to be a long night in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that that's something. If if you're the Chiefs, you're a Chiefs fan. You you got to keep your fingers crossed that he's able to at least move the pocket from time. You know, I'm not saying he's got to do it every play. I'm not saying he's going to be running, you know, for a hundred yards on Sunday. But I think you've got to keep your fingers crossed that he can at least move the pocket, cause those linebackers, you know, to funnel down some and shift the eyes of yeah. the defense. Because if he can't do that, it's going to be a long night in Kansas City. Yeah, it is uh, because that's key part of his game. But for uh. Cincinnati, your defense, I mean, that's key to your your game. Yeah. Because I believe, you know, Burrow's going to do what he's going to do. But so, so, Joe Burrow, that's the other side of the story. Joe Burrow is trying to maintain a perfect record against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. But for the defense, that's how you do so. You keep, yeah. you keep Patrick Mahomes uh, contained. Now, this is a possibility as well, is that they may rely heavily on their run game. Uh, simply because if they know Pack can't move outside that pocket uh, or step up in the pocket. But where I'm leery of that, Buffalo tried that. And we saw what they did to Buffalo. 
And you better, if you're going to try and get a run game going, you better hope that your line, you know, lives up to it. That yeah, you but can, Buffalo you doesn't can move some guys. Buffalo doesn't have the run game that the the Chiefs have. It's a different type of run What's game a, that the Chiefs have. They have a better run game than the Chiefs have, but it's a different style of running game, and that's what I want to see. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Buffalo's more the, of the downhill running. Yeah. But the Chiefs aren't the, your they're, downhill. They're side to yeah, side. they're they're more likened to like San Francisco. Yes. Uh, they're they're more of an east to west, west coast type of yeah. run game. But that's if 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 I'm the the Bengals defense, that's key to winning that game is that your defense is good up front. Yeah. If your defense is good up front, it affects everything that's happening in your secondary. Uh, and then. In, on the run game, if your defense is solid, then if you can lock those two things down, you'll be good. You won't have to worry too much about the secondary. It'll take care of itself. So if that that's the key to winning that game. Like I said, Joe Burrow's going to do what he's going to do. Um, but but here's the, the – on Monday morning, if Joe Burrow beats Patrick Mahomes again, are we talking about a – diminished view of Patrick Mahomes. No. We're not talking about a diminished view of Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about because it's not Patrick Mahomes that he's beating. He's beating the, the Chiefs. We're talking about a diminished view of the Chiefs as a team. Patrick Mahomes is still good, but that team, as soon as they got rid of Tyreek, that changed their whole I, I identity. That's why Mahomes is going to get a, bit, a little bit of a leash. Is they, you know, they did get rid of a lot of right. And so... And you're looking at the Menace Chiefs team as a whole. Not Mahomes going to be okay, but you're yeah, going to have to work we, more on that team. We are team. rough on quarterbacks. We are like like we are. people are rough on quarterbacks, and I I feel like there's going to be a sector out there that says, well, you know, Mahomes only has one Super yeah. Bowl. Well, yeah, and, and all of those things. But hey, for for our two Joe Burrow, like yeah. the fact that we're even having this conversation. Points to the fact of how good Joe Burrow is, and and that that confidence that he brings to Cincinnati. Well, and the thing about this with Cincinnati is, so you pick apart all the four teams that are that are in uh in in the in the championship games. Uh, you you pick apart. Let's set aside the Bengals, okay? You have Philly. Let's say Philly is more reliant on their pass game. Yeah, and, and Jalen yeah. Hurts. The pass game. They're more relied on their pass game. Uh, they can run, but they're not as dominant in the run as they are in their pass. Yeah, okay. the majority of their run game is goes through Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So that's the Eagles. San Francisco, more down, reliable on their on their uh, run game, and you know, but uh, sometimes between the tackles, but more on the outside. Uh, short passes, nothing down the field. That's their game. Uh. And then you have Kansas City. Then, then you have Kansas City, who's pretty, probably as much as even to the Bengals as any other team. And this is why I said that this defense is going to have to show up and do their job up front. It's because the the Chiefs, though they're heavy on their pass game, they can also get it done on the in the run game on the outsides. But you look at the Bengals. You have all those teams and. For what it's worth, if, if Patrick Mahomes can't throw, he will go downfield. But for what it's worth, the Bengals are the most complete team 
in the championship. To right me, now. in my mind, they're the most balanced team in the NFL. Yeah, because yeah. they they have a good running game. Yep. and they have a good. They can throw it short. They can throw it long. Yeah, you know, and so we know that that's a complete offense. That's a balanced, well balanced offense. But your defense, and, and and this is what I'll be looking for Sunday is that their defense does phenomenal up front, and you 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 give Patrick Mahomes little to no options. You know, and Mahomes is only picked. They're only picked minus one at home, so, so they're only giving one to the the Bengals. That shows what kind of confidence. A lot of people have in Cincinnati. Yeah, you know, and, and just Joe Burrow's ability to win a football game. Yeah, but I never, you know, when when they won the first Super Bowl and they get back to the Super Bowl and all that, nobody at that point would have thought that Mahomes would be just a one point favorite at home in a playoff no, game. No, no. But now we've reached that point, uh, and and I do think you know, going back to what you said a little bit earlier, that that we are hard on quarterbacks. I think you have to look at you know the, the overall team and and the fact that there's not just a ton of weapons around him. You didn't you know fully replace Tyreek Hill at, at any by any yeah. stretch of the imagination. Uh, but having said that, you know you're only a one point favorite at home. You got to get it done, especially for your legacy. Like that, this is going to be a part, fair or not. It's going to be a part of Patrick Mahomes' legacy. It's going to be uh, a part of the conversation on Monday morning, no matter what. We're going to be talking about Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Then on the other side of the bracket, you got 49ers in Philadelphia. Uh, the key uh, for San Fran, the, the, the big question I have is, what offensive attack will they come out in? You know, Do you go back to the, what they did with Dallas, where they kind of try some downhill runs, see what the defense is going to give them there? Or do you let you know Purdy sling the ball around? I'm, I'm interested to see how Kyle Shanahan plays this. You know, and, and what he's looking for uh, from Philadelphia and, and how that, that defense comes out. What set do you come out in and what philosophy do you have in that first drive? I think that that's going to be key to that football game is how does Philadelphia handle Brock Purdy in that offense? You know, in the first drive, can you contain? If you do go between the tackles, can you contain Devo Samuel? Can you contain uh, Christian McCaffrey? What do you do in there? And if you go to plug that hole... How do you respond if you know Shanahan opens it up and says, "Okay, Brock, we're gonna we're gonna ride your arm here." here yeah. Here's the thing: if they do that, I say this Philly is already already kind of soft in the middle. Yeah. If if San Francisco can come out and attack them in the middle, they'll be fine. Yeah, I think if would they you, run downhill. Yeah. Uh, what? What? Well, not running wise. Why well, still they run downhill wise. in the middle though? I mean, because that I wouldn't know. We got some hard. spots there. It, no, it's better on the outside than it is on the down in uh, down the middle because you still have Fletcher Fletcher Cox, uh, and then then some of those other guys uh, sweat. You don't want to hit the middle. Uh, it, it'll be better now. You could depending on what side you're running to, but right down the middle isn't that's not that's not ideal for the for them. But in your passing game, if you can get George Kittle active and down that middle, Oof. I'm telling you, he's a force to be reckoned with. Exactly, yeah, and so that's what I'm saying. The eagle has the Eagles have a soft middle. Now on the outsides, you can get them beat, but it'll have to be something on the inside. I would not necessarily go downfield with them. Debo Samuel's may be at may be able to outrun some of those guys, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily just straight. Go down, run a post route, anything like that. And if you're Philly, you got to get it going through the air. Like you, you got to see what you can do. 
and and see you know if you can take a yeah. little bit of pressure off of Jalen Hurts. Philly, and yeah, Philly's their game is going to, have to be on the outside. Yep, you're you're going to throw to the edges, throw to the boundaries, and see yeah. what you can do. That's that's where their game is going to be. Now you you may be able to get a. Uh, your run game going uh, up that middle too. Uh, San Francisco don't have a good run run stop defense. Uh, they have Joey Bosa, but he's on your outside. If you can, and like I said, it all all depends on what side you run to on, on either defense, uh, either offense. But I, I think with Philly, yeah, your your game is on the outsides with uh, Devontae Smith uh, and and AJ Brown. Yeah, you you have to get the you have to get those two going. Then uh, Goddard, uh, if you can get some stuff to him out on uh, on the outside, that'd be great. Uh, but I would not test that middle. I would not test that middle. Uh, San Francisco's middle, not with that linebacker core. No, you, you can't afford to do that. Yeah. So I mean, we'll, we'll see. But uh, I think that those are the keys. You know, going into this weekend, and that's why I'm gonna be looking for is what, like I said, what attack uh, does. San Francisco come out in and can Hurts get it going through the air? Because if not, I think it's a long night for Philadelphia. Having said that, Philadelphia is only two and a half point favorites at home. It's the days of the home team uh, being the heavy favorites in the NFL are quickly dwindling. You know, it, for years it was well, you got to play them on the road, you're probably going to lose, and you just don't see that anymore. We we saw it even in the last game of the year in a, in a game where. You know, Green Bay's got playoffs on the line, and you just assume well, they're in Lambeau. They, they don't lose in Lambeau, and they get beat. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that we're starting to see a shift because you've got guys now who just don't care. Like, it's just, like, Joe Burrow, bring it. Like, I don't care where I'm playing. Just bring it. And, and I, I think if you're Brock Purdy, you feel the same way. Like, okay, we got to go to Philadelphia, so what? They've got to beat us. Like, they have to play us. Right. Uh, you know, and I, I think that that's the interesting thing, especially as we watch these, you know, point margins throughout the week as we get closer to game day. Uh, you, you've seen those kind of, the margins close quickly. Some of it has to do with injury, but a lot of it has to do with, you, you're just seeing more and more that people aren't as heavy on the home team as they once were. You know, that that's not as big of an advantage uh, as it's been in the past. What's well, It's been a good week. Uh, good show. Yep. Uh... What is this now? Three, four weeks under our belt? Three weeks. Three weeks under our belt. Yeah, gosh, what, 